Hey, everybody. Today, we're going to talk about the Fed's uh, recent decision to hike interest rates by 25 basis points or a quarter percent. Uh, we're going to talk about the effect of that on real estate, uh, particularly commercial real estate like multifamily apartment complexes. Talk about uh, why it's important that you pay your debt down right now while interest rates are climbing um, and that it's important that you save. And if needed, maybe to put that money in a money market account. So we'll talk about that a little bit and why that can be kind of a cool place to store your money while you wait for things to settle down a bit. Uh, stop listening to the negative news. We'll talk about that a bit. And then um, focus on what you can control and to build a results-driven frame of mind. So those are some of the things that we're going to cover today. Let's get into it. So if you've been watching the news, paying attention, you know that the Fed has raised rates I don't know, I think it's like over eight times in the last 14 or 16 months or so, quite a bit. Uh, rates were basically at zero a couple of years ago, and now the Fed rate is above 5.25%. So the Fed sets this base rate that dictates how banks trade amongst themselves and give each other loans. And then on top of that rate, you have what the bank generally charges you to borrow. And today that can range anywhere from uh, if you're lucky, somewhere around, let's say, in a commercial lending position, let's say like six to six and a quarter percent, give or take, if you're borrowing commercial money for real estate, all the way up to, you know, eight, nine, ten percent if you're trying to get a car loan or a home loan, and then credit cards are even higher. Those are coming in uh, like at a minimum of 14 percent, all the way up to 22 percent, right? So you have this Fed set rate, which is what a, what rate is set to allow banks to trade amongst themselves or give each other loans. And then you have the profit that the bank charges on top of that rate. So these two rates kind of put together um, that you pay when you go to get a loan. So why is that important? Well, as you know, if you've gone out to apply for anything today, it affects the payment that you're paying and it affects the amount of money that's basically, in my opinion, uh, being wasted and going to the coffers of the big banks versus paying down your principal amount on things. So if you had large credit card debt, uh, your interest rate adjusts. I mean, they send you those notifications all the time that your rate's adjusting on your credit card in the fine print. That means your payment has gone up by, say, two times, and you're now paying even more interest rate to them versus paying down your principal, which is why it's important right now to try to pay down your principal as much as you can and not charge up those credit cards. The other problem with charging up those credit cards and buying stuff today is that it's not helping to slow down inflation. Obviously, the Fed keeps raising rates because they're trying to slow spending. There is good news here, though. The good news is, is that the Fed only has this artificial lever, which is adjusting interest rates to slow down the economy, which helps the overall uh, citizen of the U.S., right? It helps everybody because it lowers the prices uh, that we all pay for things. And the cool thing is, is if you look historically at the Fed's average rate, they tend to stay around 2%, the Fed rate. The Fed rate today is at 5.25%. Right? It's crazy, more than double what it normally is, which means it's a matter of time before they will lower that rate and get us back down to a reasonable amount. And what that means for the consumer is, if you look at the average rates that the banks charge on top of the Fed rate, that's usually around anywhere from 1.5 to 3%, which means basically one and a half to 3% above what the Fed is. So if it's two, that's going to be four and a half to five, maybe five and a half percent on a mortgage, for example, or even the same for, say, buying an automobile. So the, the good news is, is that the Fed has now gone into what they call kind of a restrictive zone, which means they have raised rates so high that they feel that 
uh, it, it is starting to work. And that means that they're going to likely slow down on their increases, which means they'll probably continue with the 0.25 basis points or 0.25% increases, uh, maybe a few more of those, and then probably pause for a while. So I, I, I'm anticipating that, let's see, it's, it's, uh, it's August now, 2023. I'm anticipating maybe another rate hike or two, possibly, and then um, slowing down and possibly even retracting uh, or pulling back those interest rates sometime in the, I would say, second or third quarter of 24. Now, the Fed says that they feel the inflationary numbers will not get below 2% until towards the end of 24. So, a little over 14 months, 15 months from now into the early 2025. But they start making adjustments ahead of that. So as they see things coming, they generally start to adjust those interest rates um, to start stimulate spending again and try to create an equalizer, right? Really, the Fed is just trying to keep inflation at a certain level, unemployment at a certain level, kind of keeps the economy going. And if you look historically, you can see this happen over and over and over again. So there's no reason to panic. And that's the main reason for this episode is just to tell everybody like, look, interest rates are going to fluctuate constantly. The stock market is going to fluctuate constantly. All your investments are going to kind of fluctuate constantly. But generally, if you stay in for the long term, and whether it be investing for the long term and putting in at certain periods of time throughout consistently, or just refinancing your loan out when interest rates go down, you'll be just fine. Just don't panic. Right. So all in all, here's basically what the Fed said. The Fed said, Inflation is down to 3%. It was up at like 8.5% just over a year ago or so. And it's dropped significantly, right? It's trending in the right direction. They just think that last percentage point is going to take a while to get to. Um, they have indicated that they are, are not looking to increase interest rates really significantly like they were. And in fact, that sometime maybe in the second or third quarter of next year, there may start to be a pullback in interest rates. That's very encouraging because if their target overall, let's say in the last 30, 40 years, has been 2% and they're at five and a quarter, that means we're going to see some significant pullbacks probably in the next, I'd say, 12 to 18 months, Okay, give or take, of course. I'm just guesstimating. So everybody just needs to calm down. We, we don't have very much longer to go. We're actually in a very strong position in the economy. And what you're noticing, something that I made note of, which was really interesting, was that the average consumer's uh, basically denial rate for credit or rejection rate is what they call it, is above 20% for things like, let's say, credit cards or automobiles. And that's that's almost a 30% increase over where it was just a few years ago, which means lending standards were a little lighter, right? People could could borrow. There was Things were booming. And so what you're seeing now is that banks and lenders in general, uh, private or not, are starting to pull back a little bit. They're getting a little more conservative, which is also slowing the ability for people to get those loans. That's a good thing because right now with the way interest rates are and the and let's say 20% of average vehicle loans being over a $1,000 a month payment, you can see that that not only doesn't help lower inflation, but puts constraints on people because they're paying a lot of interest to the banks and they're extending themselves and the banks know that. So they're getting a little more conservative in their lending and we've seen it in the commercial markets as well. So again, encourage you to just sit tight. I know this is painful for any any uh, automobile dealership friends out there, but you know if you're looking to buy an automobile, you might wait a little bit. You wait a little bit, inflation starts to drop the supply and demand starts to drop, or I'm sorry, the demand starts to drop because the supply starts to increase. 
lenders start offering incentives for you to come and buy because things are slowing a little bit and you get a little bit better deal. And in say 12 months, the interest rates might even be a little bit lower. Or if you have to have it, that's fine. Go get it. Just understand you're going to pay a little bit higher interest, just like a mortgage. It's fine. You can afford the extra 500 bucks a month or whatever it's going to be. Do it. Don't worry about it. You can always refine, say, 24 to 36 months when interest rates come back down and stabilize a little bit. You just have to understand that you're going to pay that little bit of extra interest for those two or three years. So I'm asking everybody to just kind of... Don't don't live in the moment. Look at it like a marathon. And if you really want peace of mind, just go back and look in history at what has gone on during these inflationary periods and when there's a downturn or an upswing in the economy, and it'll make you feel better, right? And so um, that's kind of what's going on with the Fed. I'm, I'm encouraged by the news. I know it's painful. I'll, I'll tell you in a minute how it affects real estate. But I'm encouraged by the Fed's news. Obviously, they've worked very hard to lower the spending, which is is kind of crazy because you want spending, obviously, that drives tax revenue and is good for everybody. But when it gets a little too crazy and the balance gets off, the prices go up way too high and wages can't keep up with that, right? And so now, for the first time ever, I think it was like a few months ago, wages outpaced inflation, which was great. They were trying to get to that. That's a good thing. And now it's just unemployment is a little too low. So what you'll see as things start to slow, unemployment will go up a little bit. And again, all this is it's just a balancing act, guys. So it's just a balancing act. Don't, don't read into it too much. Don't worry about it. How does it relate to you? Well, you want to make sure that if you can hold tight on, on that, that um, discretionary spending, right? Better to put that money in a savings account. And if you need to, you can put it in a money market account for now. If you have under, let's say, a million dollars, you can get up to like 3.7% interest on your cash just sitting in a money market account. And you don't even need it in a CD. You can pull that money in and out without any penalties and you're not stuck in there. So if you decide to make a change, you can pull that money right out. Pretty cool. There's a lot of banks doing that. If you're over a million dollars in a lot of banks, you can get over, I think, a 5.25% interest rate money market in a money market, which is pretty nice, right? That's like $50,000 a year in cash flow off of interest from your money if you had a million bucks. That's significant, right? That's significant. I mean, the average household or the average uh, income in the US is like just under $60,000 a year. So think about that for a second. It's pretty, pretty cool, right? So if you're looking for a place to put your money now, I would encourage you to continue investing because again, remember, you can't time the market. It's almost impossible. You know, invest in some real estate, invest in some other fringe things. If you're interested in the Bitcoin stuff, maybe a little bit of that. Um, but if you're a conservative person, just put your money in a money market account or in a CD, three, six, nine months. And you can make a decent little amount of money on that for now while you weather the storm. So those are some options for you. Uh this podcast is sponsored by Sterling Rhino Capital. Are you sick of the stock market volatility and looking for something more stable and less emotional to invest in? Have you always wanted to be a real estate investor, but don't have the time or desire to be a landlord? Do you want to build a portfolio of commercial real estate assets, grow your net worth, and increase your income without having to trade your time for it? Sterling Rhino Capital provides opportunities to everyday hardworking people just like you to invest in private commercial real estate assets that make all of this possible. Become a partner and join the Sterling Rhino Capital Investor Club to get access to these exclusive deals. Text the word RHINO to 66866 to learn more. That's text the word RHINO, R-H-I-N-O, to 66866 to learn more. Stop listening to the negative stuff on the news. 
remember that that's what the news does. It tries to drive eyeballs. And so what you'll find is you'll get drawn into a lot of those sprints. I call them sprints, those little stories that are just there to draw you in. Oftentimes they're negative. You don't know enough about it to really understand it. You just know it stresses you out. Don't do it. You know, a, a lot of these folks don't even know what they're talking about. They're listening to this person. They're listening to that person. And it moves around constantly. Bottom line is you take a look at your discretionary income, save some money, lower your expenses, and weather the storm. That's it. You know, you've got to focus on what you can control. Um, so we talked a little bit about that uh, earlier. Uh, how do you focus on what you can control and build a results-driven frame of mind? Well, one of the things I do is I... I do research, right? I, I not only educate myself through books and things of that sort, but I try to do research, not research from just necessarily turning on the news in the morning, but research is an understanding as close to the source as I can get, like the Fed. Okay, what does the Fed say? And then I go and research what has occurred when the Fed has done certain things historically. Facts, right? Not in the moment news media stuff that's going on, but facts. And then I, I educate myself and say, okay, well, if this has happened over the last 12 recessions, that means it's only a certain period of time before things mellow out. Okay, so I can control that, all right? That's fine. Now, what do I do with my money while this is going on? Okay, so then you go and start researching. Well, what would a money market account pay me? What would a, a real estate investment pay me today? Well, today, cash flow may be a little constrained in real estate because the interest rates, and I'll briefly explain that. It doesn't mean it's not still an incredible investment, right? Or maybe you want to buy like a single family rental. Maybe you can uh, find one in a distressed area where you get a good deal on it. Although right now, um, because of supply and demand, prices on single family residences are still pretty high, right? And that's just because we still don't have enough housing. And um, these uh, these inflationary uh, time frames with cost of goods don't really help that. Um, unfortunately, we're probably going to have a supply and demand issue with too little housing for quite some time. I think it's estimated some markets are are out to 2035 before they catch up with housing, multifamily or single families. Pretty, pretty wild, right? So I try to I try to educate myself as close to the source as I can get. And I know this is hard for some people because everybody's busy, but you got to remember that you know stress really affects your health and these inflationary periods when you know eggs cost three times they used to if you're looking to buy a home and your mortgage is going to cost 60% more than you thought you know maybe you have an adjustable interest rate which can be painful just remember that this too shall pass and just again educate yourself on the facts and that'll that'll make you feel better so how does this affect commercial real estate right multifamily apartments for example well when you do your projections, when you're you're buying uh, a property, you do a projection, so you know um, your interest rate is going to be, let's just say, between five and six percent, or whatever the number is. And when interest rates go up, it obviously affects the cash flow because it's more expensive. And most of the most of the mortgages that were acquired in the last three to five years, just because they were favorable, were adjustable bank rates, right? They were direct lending; they weren't necessarily government backed like Fannie and Freddie. They were adjustable rates. So you might have a fixed rate for two or three years. And then after that, your rate is going to increase. And in the meantime, you might have purchased a cap that allows you to control that increase. So for example, it's like insurance. If you bought a mortgage and your mortgage payment was 20000 a month, let's say, on a commercial real estate, like multifamily, and in the first 12 months, there was it was fixed, 
But after that, it started adjusting. Well, that cap comes in and pays most of the difference after a little a little increase. So in other words, it's like an insurance policy, but those only last so long. So two or three years, let's say, and then you're going to see the full effect of that interest rate that's increasing. But the the vast majority of people that bought apartment complexes were in that position. So it's not like it's a one-off. Many, many people are facing that. But here's the thing. If you had enough cash reserves and you were conservative in your underwriting, right? Like maybe maybe many of you have invested in multifamily real estate, then you just have to weather the storm. It's not that it's going to completely collapse your investment or your deal. It's just that you're going to pay a little bit more for that loan, which is going to affect the cash flow of that asset. So, you know, after the expenses and the income, there's money left over. Well, if some of that money is now going to a little bit higher interest payment or a higher mortgage payment, then you don't have as much cash flow to give, right? So what do you do? Well, there's lots of options. You can buy, you can continue buying caps, but they generally get more expensive as the interest rates go up. Or you can refinance right out of that loan and get yourself more interest only uh, years on another refi. It might cost you a couple hundred thousand dollars or something, but uh, you can restabilize that asset by doing a refinance, right? You can do HUD loans. There's lots of things you can do. So the, the bottom line is that sponsor groups that are running these assets, these multifamily investments, know what they need to do to make the adjustments to get everything back to equal, right? Just like the Fed is doing. The thing is you gotta be patient though, because it takes time. Right. It might take 12, 18, 24 months. And in the meantime, you're going to see cash flow dry up a little bit. Right. And in most cases, if somebody is paying cash flow that did not refinance or have a significant amount of reserves, they are going to be paying it out of reserves or they're going to be paying it out of a refi, let's say. Right. They're going to refinance. There's going to be some equity there because the property's gone up in value and they're going to pay distributions that way. So I hope I didn't confuse you too much with all the numbers, but the bottom line is this is a long-term approach, whether you're buying a single family, you're investing in multifamily, or investing in general in the stock market or any of this stuff. Another little side note, I had some money in a mutual fund, a 2045 target mutual fund with Vanguard, and I just left it sitting in there, which basically means you invest in a bucket that has a bunch of stocks in it. And the portfolio moves the stocks around for you, knowing that your plan is to retire, say, 20 years from now or whatever. And it's supposed to move the stocks around to, to maximize the returns for you. Well, that investment in that mutual fund has returned me like less than 2% over the last 18 to 20 months, right? I moved some things around. I'm just giving you one example. But while actually most of my real estate, even though cash flow has dried up a little bit for now, the assets is still worth way more than it was when I first invested. So if you were to apples to apples, there's probably at least a 10% uh, realized return sitting there, maybe 10 to 12% in some of those real estate investments versus 2% in that targeted uh, retirement mutual fund, right? So again, don't pay attention to that stuff. I just happen to notice that it doesn't bother me though. I don't care. Um, I happen to have some money in crypto stuff, right? I invested. I mean, it was worth a significant amount. It's probably worth maybe 70% of what it was, but I didn't invest in it so I could pull it out in a year and go buy a boat or something. I invested in it so I could sit in it for five, 10, 15 years. And then when the time's right, I'll pull the money out. Same with real estate. When the time's right, the sponsor group will sell that asset and you'll see an overall realized return. Even though cash flow might be a little dry for the next, say, 12 months or so, it'll all be factored in 
uh, by the time you sell and you'll be in good shape. As a matter of fact, on several of our assets that we own, we had brokers come in and analyze all of our properties to tell us like, well, you know, where are we? Like, how are we looking through all of this? And our assets are performing, right? We're, we're exceeding perform on most of our assets, even in this current environment. It's just not a great time to sell, right? So again, I, I think it's very important that you have a wide lens in today's environment and in today's economy. I think it's really important that you pay attention to the facts. If you are curious about something, dig in and pay attention to the facts and then come up with your own conclusion. Pay down your debt if you can right now. It's a really good time to do that, right? Pay off debt if you have a little bit of money because you don't want to be giving it to the banks, right? Rates are really high and it's probably going to be at least 12 months before we see any kind of pullback, maybe even a little more than that, but who knows? They could surprise us and do it earlier. Stop listening to all the negative stuff. And then, you know, Build out that results-driven frame of mind, which in, in my mind, results-driven means something I can control, right? Well, when I when I go and research the facts and I start paying attention to history and what has happened in the past and then work on the things that I can control, it makes me feel better, right? I, there's no anxiety. There's no stress. It's like I wake up every day and I'm like, oh, yeah, these guys are spitting out this noise. That's going on there. There's some sort of an election that's coming up, blah, blah, blah. But I'm worried about my health my peace of mind, making sure I'm in the gym and working on my body. And it's it's this collective environment that I create that I control. And so I'm encouraging you to do that. Even if it's just, you know, forcing yourself to get into the gym and do some some cardio and listen to some positive stuff like podcasts or music or whatever it is, or it's uh, doing a little bit of research so that you understand, you know, how your money's working for you today or whatever it may be, right? Spending more time outdoors. It's very, very important in today's environment because the way interest rates are and, and the way the news is, it can stress you out for sure. So anyways, that was all I wanted to cover today. I just wanted to kind of highlight a few things and where the Fed was at and that it's not all doom and gloom. Actually, it's it's uh, pretty encouraging news, especially considering that um, with the Fed doing all of these things, our economy is still fairly strong. Um, that tells me that they probably won't pull out pull back a significant amount um, because generally they'll pull back those interest rates uh, to try to stimulate the economy's growth. So unless we really have high unemployment and um, everything plummets in the next you know six twelve months, I don't anticipate them pulling back too far. Maybe a a, a couple hundred basis points, so like maybe one and a half to to two percent maybe to get down to like that history that, that historical average of maybe four to five and a half percent full interest rate which is generally what you guys pay when you go to to get a loan or something like that that average rate is generally between like five and six percent or so at least over the last 20 years or so so anyways hope you all have a fabulous day and hope this was helpful thanks